Well, we've been walking through the holy history, and uh, I went back and talked about Abraham last week, and Abraham is really the reason why the holy history traces its line through the people of Israel. Um, Israel wasn't chosen because they were better than anybody else. They were chosen because God picked Abraham. Abraham chose to have faith. You know, the reality is uh, God may be, in fact, choosing some of you. The question is, are you responding back in faith? You see, God wants to enter into an agreement with you, a covenant with you, a relationship with you, but you have to respond back. It's not some sort of a monolithic thing where God's just going to, you know, say, you know, here, you're mine, come over here, and, and you know, he's going to shove you down somewhere like you have to do with little kids sometimes, right? <laughs> no, that really is your kid, and you're like, no, come over here. Um, so, uh, but God does do the choosing, and when God chooses and we respond back, then there is this bond, this covenant, this relationship that is established, and that started with Abraham. And we read this last week, but I want to reread it because we're going to talk about the promises that God gave to Abraham. Last week, I talked about the blessing of Abraham. And the blessing of Abraham, the primary blessing of Abraham is the righteousness that comes through faith, which is extended to us because of Jesus, right? You put your faith in Jesus and you're justified, right? Justified means you're made right. As the old preachers used to say, just take the word apart and you'll understand what justified means. Just as if I'd never sinned. Even though I do sin and have sinned, when I come to Christ, it's just as if I'd never sinned. Well, this goes all the way back to Abraham, and God was projecting forward to Christ through Abraham, knowing that he would have the forbearance to tolerate everyone's sin up to the point of Jesus, who then would die on the cross for our sin, because the wages of sin is death. Amen? Uh, it's listen sin always earns death period and the ultimate death is spiritual death separation from god ultimate destruction in hell and that's what we want to avoid at all costs but there are little deaths little cuts along the way that we uh, you know we do to ourselves when we sin sin always results in death and it doesn't matter whether the culture decides to uh, change its definition of what right and wrong are God has designed everything. He's created everything. And God is the one who says what is right and what is wrong. So when we looked at Moses and the Ten Commandments, we saw that that was uh, well established with Israel. Those Ten Commandments are an outline of some basic ethical norms, some basic ethical wrongs and rights, all right? But this all begins with Abraham, and Abraham is, he's before the law. All Abraham ever did was trust God and obey. That's all he ever did. He wasn't perfect. And we're not going to go into the detail uh, of talking about his life as I have in the past, but I do want to spend a little more time on Abraham, primarily showing you how the promises that were made to Abraham can be yours as well if you'll simply do what Abraham did. Abraham trusted God, he believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. If you put your trust in Jesus, it is credited to you as righteousness, right standing with God. That's absolutely essential. We're not all children of God. Stop. We're not. You are descended from Adam. Ultimately, you're the offspring of God, but we're fallen creatures, now, you can become a child of God. You can be adopted into the family of God if you choose to listen to the call that he sends out, if you can even hear the call that he's sending out to you, to call him to be one, call you to be one of his own, 
right? And if you respond in faith, again, as Abraham responded in faith, as the old hymn says, trust and obey, trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. If you don't obey, you don't believe, friends. Don't say what you believe. Do it. Believing is doing something about what you believe, not just saying something about what you believe, right? I have used this definition for faith for many, many years, and I don't know if I heard it or if I just distilled it in my own thinking, but I say this, faith is believing something enough that you're willing to do something about it. Well, I would hazard a guess that most of you who are here this morning are doing something about your faith. Right? You could be here because you're kind of checking things out. But even then, there's just a little bit of faith that, you know, there might be a God there and there might be some good things for me to learn there. Okay? But you do something about it. When we just sit around on our blessed assurance and do nothing, we don't really have faith. We may have presumption. But Abraham is definitely the model of faith. So let's go back to Genesis 12. I'm going to read. It's, it's only three verses. Um, but in these three verses, there are seven promises. Now, it just really depends on what happens today as to whether I get through all of those seven. I'm not going to feel compelled to, to do all of it if uh, we need to break it up into a couple of sermons. I've come to see this. Have you ever eaten too much? Everybody in the room is like, what? Yeah. What are you trying to say, Pastor? <laughs> I mean, these days, I, 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 I can just eat just a little bit too much. Okay, so... Uh, I, went to, uh, I went to Glorious for brunch yesterday, and I normally go and I have this, uh, it's really healthy, it's uh, the Poblano egg white omelet, and I don't want chips. They, they're, it's cursed. They bring those chips in that black bean dip, and it makes me fat and I'm tired of it. <laughs> it's all their fault. So then I get a call from one of uh, our former youth uh, under Pastor Craig, uh, one of the teenagers that I used to uh, tour around with. It was Eric. And, um, and he, this kid will randomly, I say kid, he's like 24 now. He will randomly call me and, you know, want to go out to eat or, you know, do something. So he, you know, he wants me to come to Dallas. I said, listen, I'm on the way to Gloria's right now. So if you want to come see me, you come this way. Because he loves to drive and I don't. And so, but that means that I've got to sit at Glorious for 30 minutes and drink mimosas. I was careful. It was really slow, but they will make you fat too. And of course, what did I do? Oh yeah, I ate chips the whole time, buddy. Bean dip, chips. And even if they do bring it out and I do, you know, one little dish of bean dip and one little dish of uh, salsa, I, they will always want to bring you more. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, well, this time Eric was late, and so I even ate more. So I was full before I ever got my omelet, right? And you know, when you leave, you know that uncomfortable feeling? You're just like, I'm so full. I don't like this, right? I don't want to be full. Maybe some of you like it. I don't know. I don't. I don't like being hungry either, but there's that perfect balance, right, when you're just kind of satisfied. So this is what I'm going to try to do with sermons, okay? I want to give you good spiritual meat, but I think some of us, if you're anything like me, and I, listen, man, I went to college, I went to seminary, I, I sat in class after class after class for hours and hours and hours listening to professors. The preacher that I came to faith under, Pastor Richard Jackson, um, that church, the North Phoenix Baptist Church was on television, and they had like this perfect set 
that they would present for one hour on Channel 5, and Pastor Jackson always preached for 40 minutes. I could clock it on my watch. He'd preach and he'd be done in 40 minutes. If I don't pay attention to what I'm doing, that's exactly what I do. It's almost always 40, maybe 42, maybe 45, but it's about 40 minutes if I don't pay any attention. But I've come to see that that might even be too much for some of us. No, I'm not disparaging you. I've come to see that when I go to the movies, that movie better move the plot along or I'm ready to exit. I'm serious. There needs to be some plot movement there or I'm like, I've got the AMC Stubbs plan. So I pay $20 a month and you know, I can watch three movies a week if I want to. So I don't feel bad at all about walking out. If it's boring, buddy, I'm out the door. I'm like, I'll go see these little kid movies that we play in here. Um, like the last time we had a movie, which by the way, I'm gonna try to do a movie this Friday, okay? So if you got kids or if you're a kid at heart, come. Um, they're the only movies that everybody will come to. I've played other movies and y'all don't come, uh, but the kids come. So I'm gonna try to play one. I don't know what it is yet, but it'll be cool. But the last time we played a movie that I first watched in the theater, and it's like, you know, I watched about, I don't know, a third of it, and I was like, okay, I get the gist. It's clean, it's good, I'm out of here. <laughs> I don't want to sit here. And then we played it in here and the kids loved it. And I was out here talking the whole time. I was like, eh, I'm fine. You know, so all that said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to make these, these sermons just a little bit tighter. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see what our tolerance is, okay? Uh, because listen, I can preach for an hour. I just don't know that you can listen for an hour. Maybe your, your posterior won't handle an hour. Um, so yeah, let's get back to this. Um, Genesis 12, one through three. Now the Lord, Yahweh, said to Abram, now remember his name was Abram before it was Abraham, God changed his name. Go from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you, and I will make you into a great nation. One promise. And I will bless you and make your name great. Okay, that can be one or two promises. And you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. There's seven promises there. Let's see how many we get through. The first thing that uh, the Lord said to Abram is, I will make of you, make out of you, a great nation. Well, just remember how the line traces. God is the God of what? Abraham, always mentioned first, and then who? Isaac, that's the chosen son. He also had Ishmael. Ishmael became a great nation as well. But he traced the line through Isaac. Abraham, Isaac, and who? Jacob. Jacob. And Jacob's name was changed to what? That's why they're the house of Israel or the children of Israel because it's 12 sons that came from Israel, Jacob. And then those sons became tribes and that became a great nation, all right? So... Uh, the blessing of Israel is extended to those who have faith in Christ. That's you and I. So that's why um, this blessing, although I don't believe that it is um, appropriate for you or I to take that promise and say, well, God is going to make me into a great nation, but he is going to make us into a great nation. Amen. So he made Abram into a great nation and he is creating a nation of priests out of us. Did you know you're a priest? You, you think, you priest, you might think like a Catholic priest with the Roman collar and that sort of thing. And, and you might think, oh, that's, I'm nothing like that. Uh, listen, a priest is someone who brings God to people. Amen? 
A priest is someone who has a connection with God and is able to bring people and God together. Now, I don't know if you are operating in that office of priest that God has given you, but it also gives you the privilege of understanding the word of God without an intermediary. Now, I'm here teaching you. I went to school for a long time, and I pray and think and, and work at this sermon stuff, right? I don't just, you know, eh, what am I going to talk about Sunday? I don't know. I'm just going to. I think about it. I pray about it. I work through it. I take the responsibility very seriously because it's what I am. I'm a pastor teacher, and it's my responsibility to give you what the Lord gives me. But then you are responsible to take that and do something with it. You don't have to come through me to get to God. And I'm thankful for that because that's way more responsibility than I want, right? I don't want to be called father. I don't want to be called rabbi. You can call me pastor because that's what I do, right? But that doesn't put me in some exalted position. It's just saying, I, you know, I'm the, the one that oversees this little flock right here, okay? I'm a pastor and I'm a teacher, so I'm taking that. But you are a priest. Listen to what it says. And this is, it's easier if I write the, the verses down than having to look them all up. But this is 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Say, we are a chosen people. We are a royal priesthood. A holy nation a people for God's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Amen? That's your identity, friend. I don't know. You know, there's, there's a lot of, of talk going around today uh, where people are saying, I identify as, okay? And I'm not going to get into controversies about that, but what you need to identify as is a, a priest before God. You need to identify as a part of that holy nation because that is your true identity. That is your true citizenship, right? Um, so that's how we become a great nation. That's what the church is. The church is not a corporation, right? Um, it's not merely an organization. It's not a social club. It's not an institution. The church is the community of those that are called out of the world to belong to God and gather together regularly and take care of each other and then go back out into the world and proclaim the gospel, amen? We've gotten into, and I don't mean we necessarily in this room, but, you know, this, is, this is, uh, is symptomatic, I think, all over the place uh, in the wake of the pandemic. We've all gotten into the habit of just kind of staying home whenever and not really coming to church and gathering consistently. And, you know, we make it easy for you because we, we put it online. And I want you to watch online. You know, there are people with, you know, struggling with health problems and all those sorts of things. I'm not trying to load you up with a guilt trip, but I'm saying the norm is for us to be together. Amen? Yeah. Now, not every day of the week. You know, there are churches that, you know, they have so many activities, it could just wear you and your family out. We don't really do that. We have stuff that we do around here that, um, you know, are opportunities for you to grow. We have a Bible study that meets here on Sunday morning uh, with adults. We've got a Bible study that meets in the back room. Uh, obviously, we have children's uh, programs upstairs. Uh, I teach a Bible study on Wednesday. And then we do some outreach-oriented stuff. That's what the movie is about, okay? I'll play a movie Friday. I don't preach 
It's just so you can invite some people and come and hang out with us, right? And then people get to know you and maybe they'll come to church. You never know, right? But it's an opportunity for us to have fellowship with one another. I teach a karate class on Tuesday. That's just because it's something that I do, I know how to do, and I've done since I was a teenager, and I can offer it as an opportunity for kids to get confidence and get healthy and learn a whole lot of stuff about themselves and about the world. Right? You can do the same thing. There's lots of things you can do. You have a home, you have a house, you have a, uh, you know, uh, you know, a decent size apartment or trailer or something like that. Invite people over for fellowship, right? Um, create opportunities for them to gather with you. It's not just about this central location, right? But we do need to worship regularly and we do need to gather regularly. It's really, really important, okay? Then he said, I will bless you and make your name great. Well, Abraham is the father of who? The Jewish people, Israel, Christians, and also Muslims trace their ancestry back to Abraham. He is considered the origin of three major world religions, two of which are the largest in the world, okay? One of which is far older than the other two, right? The Jewish people go back 5,000 years. Um, so obviously, God did make his name great. Um, the Hebrew for bless is Barak, Barak. It's related to our former president's name, Barack Obama, right? Barak is the Hebrew. Hebrew and Arabic are, are very closely aligned and related, okay? Um, but nonetheless, it means to bless, to praise, uh, to be filled with strength, to be full, to be praised, or to be adored. The primary factor of blessing is the statement, this is, uh, uh, by the way, I'm, this is not my thinking. This comes from the, the Anchor Yale Bible Dictionary. The primary factor of blessing is the statement of relationship between the parties. So the reason that Abram was blessed was because he got related to, connected to, covenanted with God. See, a lot of times I think when we think of blessing, we might think of stuff. Well, I'm blessed. What does that mean? Well, I got a new car, I got a nice home, I got a hot wife, right? I've got perfect children. Well, you do, don't you? Aren't your children perfect? I, I would think they, they would be. Actually, they're perfect to me because I don't have to take them home. They're just so absolutely cute and wonderful as long as I just have to deal with them for about 20 or so minutes. So I, I told Beth, um, so back before... Uh, Beth and her son got sick and couldn't go to children's camp. We couldn't find a male sponsor to go. And so I told Beth, I said, I, I did this once before. I said, I'll go as the male sponsor if nobody else goes. If nobody else goes, right? And Pastor Craig stepped up and that's, that's good. That's a better look. He's the father, right? Um, and, uh, and he did an amazing job with those kids. But I'm gonna tell you the truth. I had them in my truck, all but one. I drove up there and drove back. And they were so much fun. And they were so well behaved. And that's so different, right? I've had kids in ministry before that were not quite that well behaved. One of them I mentioned just a moment ago, who's now an adult. Oh, those kids just about drove me to a heart attack, man. Uh, these kids were so, were they pretty well behaved all week? I mean, I thought, wow, that it might not have been a terrible week after all, <laughs> you know? And they were so, I mean, forgive me, I'm, I'm old, you know, maybe call it mawkish or maudlin or something like that. But um, they're just so dang cute. 
So here's the thing. They were not allowed to have mobile devices, right? So they didn't have their iPads and phones and all that other stuff. But see, they're all used to doing this, aren't they? There's, there's a level of insecurity among our population period now, right? And, uh, and so uh, two of the boys, your son and Xavier, and your son was the one that got Xavier to do this, they started reading their Bibles. And so Ransom, he said, I'm, I'm in Exodus 2 now. I said, oh, that's cool. Just keeps reading. I'm in Exodus 3 now. <laughs> that's cool, you know? I'm in Exodus 4 now. This is within a few hours of me being at camp. But see, then we were in the worship center, and like people are, you know, jumping around and woo! You know, the, if you saw the, uh, the little um, slideshow that I played, there's a picture of all the kids up on stage and you'll see Jubilee is like right in the middle. She got volunteered to go up there and, you know, do all the motions. And so all the kids are doing this, not Ransom and Xavier. They're sitting in the dark reading their Bibles. <laughs> and I'm like, what do I do? Do I tell the kid not to read his Bible? I, I don't... Yeah. So the last thing I said, because I went, I had lunch with them. The last thing I said is they were sitting next to each other because they became buddies, right? And they were sitting next to each other. And they got their little Bibles and it's like became a competition. Now this is a good competition, right? And it's like, who can read chapters and whatnot? And so I bent down and I said, you'll get more out of this if you put more into it. So I go at the end of the week and I look at those pictures and it's obvious Craig just worked miracles with these kids right? Because you just got to let them bloom. They're different. Some kids are more shy. Some kids are more extroverted. Kids are different. They're all different, right? I think they're wonderful. But again, I don't want to take them home. All right. Um, they're a blessing to this church. They're a blessing to you. Why? Because you're connected to them. See, I can see all those other kids at camp and they're not a blessing to me. I'm sure they're cool, you know, I saw pictures of our kids, you know, doing, interacting with those other kids, but I, I have no feeling for that kid at all. I'm like, it's, it's great. I'm sure he's a cool kid or she's a cool kid, but I don't have a relationship with them, right? But I have a connection to these kids, a relationship to these kids, right? And so I'm blessed because of that connection. So that I think is what is being said here. The primary factor of blessing is the statement of relationship between parties. You're blessed and your kid is blessed because they're connected to you. Your kid, your grandkid, right? Uh, your nieces, your nephews, whatever. There's the blessing because of the connection, all right? So a real blessing then is not having money, not having things, not a, a feeling of happiness or peace, um, but a positive relationship with God. And this is the God of the universe who chooses and calls you and permits himself to be known by you. Bless may also mean to praise or speak well of. Now notice how these two are connected. I will bless you and make your name great. Originally when I taught this, I didn't put those two together, but now I see that the two are supposed to be connected. Bless can mean to speak well of in Greek, uh, the word is eulogia, which if you take it apart, literally means a good word. You're speaking a good word about somebody. Blessing can refer to your reputation when you have a good reputation, right? Um, so the connection between being blessed and making your name great is, is, is not, uh, there is a connection. They're not, they're not divided. Almost everyone speaks well of Abraham. I, I mean, have you ever heard somebody speak ill of Abraham? 
I haven't, right? So I think a lesson for us is to seek to have a good reputation. I think God wants you to have a good reputation all the way around. Um, Proverbs 22.1 says, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches and favor is better than silver and gold. Amen, right? You really, you'd rather have a good name than a lot of money in the bank. You say, I don't know about that. <laughs> and this is, this is what we need to strive for in the world as those that represent Jesus. We shouldn't be mean, hateful, partisan, political. Listen, if I'm shoving people away right and left because of my views on hot button issues, I'm not doing the right thing. Now, it doesn't mean don't stand for the truth, right? We should be able to speak the truth in love. We should be able to agree to disagree. But if I'm just hostile and hateful, as we see in our world today, then we're not following Abraham's example. We're not letting this blessing that God wants to give us of a good reputation uh, occur. Listen to what Peter says in 1 Peter 2.12. He says, keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. So he's talking to God's people. And so he's thinking of God's people the same way as you know, God's people were Israel in the Old Testament. And there was Israel and then the Gentiles or the nations. So we get absorbed into spiritual Israel. And there is spiritual Israel, those who are in Christ, and the Gentiles, the world, Right? Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God on the day of visitation. So that's what we need to do. People are gonna, it's too easy to slander and to be slandered in an electronic era, an era of texting and emailing and social media and so forth. But we need to make every effort to try to maintain that good reputation. Above all, the, 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 the greatest way that Abram was blessed was because God knew his name and God favored him. The greatest blessing then for you and I is the favor of God, and that's something that we have in Christ. This favor is undeserved. Abram is not blessed because he deserved it. He's blessed because God called, he responded, he obeyed, right? God chose him, therefore he's blessed. Is God choosing you? Can you hear the call? Can you sense that pull? Are you responding to that pull? That's the favor of God and it's undeserved favor. What is another word for undeserved favor? Grace. grace. Uh, that's, that's what we live off of. We live off of grace. Not our good deeds, but off of grace. Our good deeds follow grace, right? They are uh, a way of giving God thanksgiving. If you've, God's if you've got God's favor, friend, everything else will follow. Um, what, it, what should your response be then to grace? Our, our response is worship, okay? So your response should be how you live your life, Matthew 6, Seek first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what's the blessing? All these other things will be added to you. All this other stuff you're worried about. Gas prices and inflation and, you know, uh, what's going on in schools and, you know, your job and whatever it is that you're concerned about. Put God first in everything. Okay? Put God first with your time, with your talent, and with your treasure. Right? 
Think like, uh, like you know, they did in the Old Testament. Anytime they received goods, they gave the first 10% to God. Wake up in the morning and spend the first however much time, okay, 30 minutes. Spend that with God. Pray. Get into the Word. Put Him first, right? Your talent. What, what are you able to do? You say, well, I don't do my... No, no, no. You have talent. You have spiritual gifts, but you have talents as well. Well, are you using that to glorify and honor God or are you using it to glorify yourself? So I'm looking at Felix sitting here in the front row. And when he was in high school, he was, you know, the lead in a whole bunch of plays and, you know, did a lot of drama. Man, as soon as he started coming here and, and you know, spending time around us and deciding that he wanted to live his life for Jesus, he plugged that talent in and he started using it for the Lord, Right? If you sing, whatever you do, you know, those are the obvious talents. There's other things that you can do. Some of you are really organized and we could really use your talent around here. All right? Um, yeah, exactly. We, we've, got, we, we've got stuff everywhere. They, you, I don't know what, it, I know I was just thinking about that this morning. I, there's stuff like scattered everywhere and Elijah, our, uh, our technical guy, the guy that plays bass up here and can play any instrument known to man, um, has been, you know, getting all sorts of storage and you getting rid of stuff and really making things better around here. But I need some people that are in the detail world, right? You love to just go, no, you need to, because I hate all that. I hate it. I feel like Homer Simpson. Can somebody else do it, right? Um, our response then is to put God first. That's our response to knowing that we have been blessed, right? Um, Jesus said, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's sake, but that he will receive a hundred times as much now in the present age, houses, brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms along with persecutions. Well, how does that work? Well, that's, that's what happens when we're in the church. That is the extension of, and he will what? Put God first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will add all of these other things to you as well. There are all the other things, but they're added to you as you gather together um, and are a part of community. Believers also have every spiritual blessing in Christ. Ephesians 1.3 says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You have all of that, but only if you are what? In Christ. But you haven't received uh, even 10% of the blessings that God has for you, right? Very quickly, I'm gonna go to number three. There are seven and there's no way I'm gonna get beyond three. And he says, you will be a blessing. So your response on earth, your response to the Lord is worship right? Seeking him first, putting him first. But your response on earth to being blessed is to be a blessing. You don't hoard everything, right? You don't get all you can, can all you get and sit on the can. That's not what we're supposed to do. Even secular people know this. So uh, Bill Gates, who's a very controversial figure and who I probably would disagree with in a majority of situations, is still worth well over $100 billion. Do you know what he's gonna do when he dies? He's gonna give it all away. Wow, secular people know how to do this, okay? Um, Warren Buffett, always at the top, one of the richest people in the world, a long time ago, already arranged to give it all away. 
What are we doing? What do you think you're going to do if you get more resources and more stuff? Well, what can you do with all that stuff? Right? It's just too much stuff. Learn to give it away. Learn to be a blessing. Um, we saw how Abraham was the blessing because of Jesus. The blessing of Abraham, once again, and this is what I, I um, preached on last week, is the righteousness that comes through faith and that comes to us as the result of Jesus. And I related Galatians 3, 13 and 14 to you last week, um, but those are very important verses and I'm gonna reread those this morning very quickly. Um, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Galatians 3.14. In order, he redeemed us from the curse of the law. Why? In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham, which is what? The righteousness that comes by faith. That the blessing of Abraham would come to the Gentiles, once again, those of us who did not have a privileged relationship through Israel, so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. See, in the end, it is that relationship with God that is realized in the Holy Spirit. That's the blessing that comes through Abraham. But the Lord, as I started this by saying, wants you to be a blessing as well. The purpose of God's blessings are to make you and I a channel of blessing. God wants to give you everything you need so that you can be a blessing to other people. If all you do is hoard it and keep it for yourself, well, you may be very, very gifted and talented and manipulative or whatever you are, and you're able to get a lot of resources and keep them. But friends, there has never, I've never seen this. I bet you won't either. There's never been a hearse with a trailer hitch on the back of it. Hearses don't pull trailers full of stuff, right? This is why they, you know, the, the pharaohs built the pyramids, right? They, they got all their stuff and they put them in the pyramids because they thought in the afterlife they were going to have all. You're not going to have any of that. I'm not going to have any of that. We need to learn to become channels of blessing so that it will flow through us. I like this uh, promise in Psalm 67, 1 and 2. God be gracious to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us. Now you can stop there. That's 67, 1. May God bless us. May he favor us. May he cause his face to shine on us. You know what that means, face to shine? What does that mean? Does that mean you got oily skin, God's got oily skin? No, it means to smile. All right? May God smile on us. No, that, in order that, these things for us, in order that, your way may be known on earth, your salvation among all the nations. Why are we called life well? Because I want you to live a life well so that people will see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven, right? Live well and love well in Jesus' name and speak the good news of Jesus to everyone who will pay attention. I'm not asking you to go beat people over the head with your Bible and shove it down their throat and, and preach at them and make them mad at you. Share the truth in love. Share the gospel. The gospel is good news. And if that person is willing to pay attention, then you know, they're gonna be blessed with you. Um, Jesus said the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you an abundant life. I like how New Living Translation has this. I'm coming to give you a rich and satisfying life. See, I want you to have a rich and satisfying life, but not just so you can be rich and satisfied, but so that you can be a blessing to everyone else. I don't think you should be struggling and striving and clawing every day just to survive. I think God has better things for you. But it's in order that you may become a blessing. Amen? 
That's what we're here for. That's what LifeWell is all, all about. Um, we're to go into all the world and make disciples. Remember, that's the last thing that Jesus said before he left the planet. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Therefore, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have taught you. And behold, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. So we're gonna go into the world, preach the good news, and that will elicit faith from people. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. And then we're gonna bring them to church. When we bring them to church, then we're gonna involve them in the community. We're gonna baptize them. Um, we've got a young man that came from a camp, and I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna give his testimony for him when he's ready, and if he's ready, uh, then he's gonna be baptized, and you'll see one of our kids, okay, wants to be baptized. Um, if you have never been baptized since you've come to faith in Jesus, come and talk to me. It's a part of what it means to be a disciple. It's very, very simple, right? This is what we're taught to do. I love this. This is in Luke 9, 60. Uh, Pastor Craig, have you guys already gone past Luke 9? All right, so this is when all these... Uh, three individuals were coming up to Jesus and saying, hey, I'll, I'll follow you, but, hey, I'll follow you, except, hold, hold on, I'm gonna follow you, Jesus, but, and to one of them, uh, Jesus said, Let, he, went, he wanted to go, it, it sounds like he just, you know, wanted to um, do something good for his family. He said, Jesus, I wanna follow you, but let me, let me bury my father first. Well, so you and I would think, well, you know, his father must have just died. So what, you know, what problem would Jesus have with him you know, doing what a, a son should do? No, what it meant was, Jesus, I'll follow you, but I gotta stick around until my father passes away and passes all of the, you know, the property on to me, and who knows how long that will be. Jesus said, you know, let the dead bury their own dead. As for you, go everywhere and proclaim the kingdom of God, amen? Go everywhere and proclaim the kingdom of God. Don't be stuck in the past. Don't, be, don't be, allow yourself to be burdened and, and drawn into what the world has, okay? Even if that's your family. That doesn't mean don't be good to your family, okay? But it means that God has bigger plans for you and I. As for, every, as for you, go everywhere and proclaim the kingdom of God. So that's the promise of you and I being a blessing, all right? So we'll see if we can get to the other four of these next week. I hope that this was a blessing for you. And uh, our band is going to uh, lead us in a little bit more worship, and I know that's going to be a blessing.